Can I live though? Can I live? I have a really good response to that. Okay. I have a line that's make people feel real shifted when you see it. <laughs> okay. When people when people see like messed up things to you, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of like a passive aggressive thing and you can't really like respond or like they're seeing something underhanded or ugly let me tell you what you see what do you mean by that and you see people get real shuffled and i love it it's like my favorite Uh, oh and we'll find a way we'll find a way to move on because if it's meant to be then it'll be a love song Hey, it's Gabby Faye. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm so excited to have a very special guest with me today, Sarah. But before we get to her, I wanted to let you know, I'm so grateful for all of you for coming to uh, watch the show. You may have seen me on a viral TikTok about my high dating standards being posted on the internet, like The Shade Room, Real Toronto News, World Star, all the other blogs. And I'm happy to have this platform to just share with you uh, a little bit of insight into my world as a fat woman, a plus size body, who dates high value men, who dates, um, you know, out of the societal range of people, what people say that I deserve and don't deserve and all of these things. And I just wanted to, you know, share with you um, some of my ideas and thoughts on that, amongst other things. And so now I want to uh, introduce my very special guest, very good friend of mine, the Kirby Trini. Sarah, how are you today? So good. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So Sarah, thank you for coming. Can we get a little background about you? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Let the people know. Oh my God. It's, It's a funny as soon as you say that immediately I think about something my mom said recently when someone asked her what I do and she said Sarah has her hands in many pots <laughs> it's very true I mean very true um my name's Sarah I'm originally from a little island in the Caribbean called Trinidad hey. which is actually where Gabby's <laughs> mom is from yay so West Indian <laughs> <Yes>. heritage <laughs> and um I moved to New York about four years ago at this point, and I am a full-time plus-size model. Uh, I also do a myriad of other things. I'm a TEDx presenter, writer, speaker, um, I don't know, I'm just an explorer, creative. All of the things. <laughs> All the things. Sarah does have her hand in many pots. She's very talented. She does so many things. She's such an inspiration to us all. Um, when I first met Trini, I call her Trini Sarah because I <laughs> I know a lot of Sarahs. And when I talk to my mom, my mom's like, oh, is it Trini Sarah you're talking about? And so that's her name for us. And, um, you know, a few years back, I, you know, I love Trinidad. Like my mom is from Trinidad, lives, lives in Trinidad sometimes half of the year. And I wanted to do more modeling more fashion work and turn that so I needed to know more about the fashion world there and I'm like well who can I contact who you know knows about plus size you know bodies plus size fashion in Trinidad and I found Sarah on Instagram and she was doing so many photo shoots so many things and I'm, I'm like wow this girl really knows what's going on like let me talk to her 
so that's how a friendship started and brewed and and we i really got to get to know from her perspective what it's like to be a plus size uh model plus size body from where she's from in trinidad how the growth was from her for her from trinidad to new york city and you know what that journey was like for many of you listening you may be in uh living out of you know the usa in another country and may want to know you know how to get into modeling and you know how sarah went from trinidad the first plus size model out of trinidad to come to new york city get signed by a, a plus size modeling a modeling agency in new york city and she's doing it and i i'm just so proud of her and i she's so inspiring and you know, I wanted to, I wanted her to share her story about, you know, how she got from there to here and what that was like. So Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit up a little bit about growing up in Trinidad, being a plus size body and what that experience was like and how you even decided to, to get into modeling and become a model and, um, and how you ended up in New York city. <laughs> well, it's a very strange and magic, magical story. And it actually started off quite sad. I never in my life imagined that I would be a plus size model because I was body shamed for most of my life. Um, like many people are, right? Um, especially back in the day, 30 years ago, being plus size was not as celebrated as it is now. Right. So I, Grew up in a family where, I mean, my, my TEDx talk is actually about this story, but when I was 12, my uncle told me that fat girls are only good to have sex with and that if I didn't lose weight, that nobody would ever marry me or love me and I needed to lose weight. So I naturally spent the majority of my teenage years struggling with eating disorders, um, punishing my body, doing everything that I could to try and fit into the mold that the culture um, that I was in, in my particular family, was trying to get me to fit into. And it was very hard and it was very painful. And I spent a lot of my life struggling to find clothes. Um, th there's not a lot of like great clothing options or anything like that. And I actually remember my first job was working at my office, my father's, the office where my father worked. It's my first job as a teenager and I couldn't find anything to wear. And there was this <coughs> shop down in Trinidad called Catwalk where they had like cheap clothing. I guess it'd be like a US equivalent. It might be like a, I don't know, like a H&M or Forever 21. Not as nice as that, but like, <laughs> you know, and um, I was able to just like squeeze into the largest size that they had there. And my boss at the time told me that my dad was telling all the managers that he was ashamed of me working there because of like how untidy I looked. Wow. So that was like fashion has been something that is extremely important to me because being able to dress properly it's the way that it's how you present yourself to the world. And I believe that everybody should have access to decent clothing to be able to present themselves in a way um, with so that they can feel dignified, regardless of uh, if you're a size zero or a size 70. 
I don't even know if that exists, but if it does, everybody should be able to present themselves in a way that makes them feel good. And 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 when you look good, you feel good. Yes, definitely. Right? So, so it started that way, and one day I was in my mid to late twenties, and I just kind of signed on to Instagram, and I found all of these plus-sized women all over the world in <laughs> in New York as well wearing fabulous clothes and I just had this insane awakening that like nothing nothing's wrong with me the clothes the clothes should fit the body the body shouldn't fit the clothes amen sister that's similar like to my story I you know, grew up in in society. It doesn't matter where you're at. Like people just sometimes you go places and you just feel like they just hate fat people sometimes, you know. And I grew up in an area where, you know, I was squeezing into the last size of, you know, whatever store it was, Charlotte Ruse Forever 21. You know, back in the day, they didn't have Forever 21 Plus. They didn't have a Charlotte Ruse Plus. They didn't have any of that. They just had, you know, very small sizes. The biggest would size. be like a 12, 14. If you're Isn't lucky. That crazy? If you're exactly. lucky. Right. And I, I found myself at like 14, 15 years old wanting to be cute. And I would just go into my mom's closet and steal her clothes because she like at least it was fashionable for her age was up for a mom. And it was cuter than my stuff that I was getting. I was wearing Walmart. Okay, sorry. Walmart has gotten fashionable. But back hey, in Walmart the day. Walmart have some it, good things these yes, days. Yes, these days. Yes. But you know, like the big t-shirts and the tights. Like I was sick of yeah. wearing big t-shirts and yeah. tights. I wanted to yeah. wear something cute. Frumpy and you're, you're a young girl. Yes. And you want to be able to be, be cute. cool and stylish. Like I remember when I was in college. Um, we would go to the mall. I, I studied in Florida and um, I would go to the mall with my friends and we would go into all those stores like the Abercrombies and all of those. And I would just have to stand there and watch my friends choose clothes because they had nothing for me. Oh, no. Yeah. That is awful. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the reality of most people that are, I guess you call us like elder millennials, <laughs> you know, people our age. We were we were really the ones that and the generations before us that I think really felt the brunt of the shame. And I feel like a lot of the work that our generation has done um, in diversity and inclusion in terms of size diversity as well, right. I feel like it's really had an impact on the brands. And it's it's now you, you can find fabulous things like what me and Gabby are wearing. Yeah. But when we were younger, they didn't have that. Right, right, exactly. And I'm just, I'm glad that the world is, we're seeing these small changes hopefully become bigger changes and hopefully we can create a society where other, you know, plus size people that come after us will feel comfortable, will feel like they're in a place where they can feel uh, ex included. I think inclusion, diversity, representation, they Respected. all- Respected. Right. Respected. They all matter, you know? You still, I mean, it's it's so gross. You still see it in the pop culture today. I, I always say we have had so much progress in areas of diversity in terms of LGBTQ, We've had progress there. We've had progress in terms of different races being celebrated. But I feel like two areas that this shame still exists is around aging, particularly in women, as well as in size. And I feel like fat is one of the places that it's still culturally acceptable to shame people for openly. Definitely. Right? I think they, they just came out I'm with this show with Brandon Fraser 
that came out recently and he's wearing a fat suit. And I'm like, why are we still doing this? Why are we still? They have so many plus size actors. Why are we still right. putting skinny actors in a fat suit? Right. And why are, why are the characters in pop culture that are fat still these stereotypical loser type roles? You know what I mean? You and me are fat and we live fabulous lives. <laughs> Literally. We live incredible, Literally. incredible lives. Incredible lives. Every right? day is a vacation for me. <laughs> and and, and I, the argument about the health, it just is, to me, an absurd do you treat, do you tell people who are terminally ill that they're unworthy, that they're not lovable, that they don't deserve to have good things in life, that they don't deserve access to basic human necessities like clothing? Do you do you tell people that? Like, you, you shouldn't shame people for their health status regardless of what it is. So that's an argument that just doesn't work for me, right? People, people deserve to be treated with dignity and respect, whether they're healthy or they're unhealthy or they're fat or they're skinny or they're gay or they're straight or whatever it is. That's a basic human right is to be treated with dignity and respect. Yes, most definitely. We deserve a place in this world, too. I feel like sometimes living in a plus size body or a fat body, people feel so triggered, so enraged. They feel like they need to say something. They need to put you down. They need to put you in your place because you are fat and you don't deserve a space in this world. It's like, who are you? Who are you? What makes you better than me? Because you're not fat. Like, don't tell me that you're concerned about my health. You're not concerned about my health. You just see a fat person. You assume it's unhealthy. You don't know my business. You don't know what my doctor says to me. You don't know my test. You don't know anything about me you just are fat phobic you just have this internalized fat phobia where you just hate that people can be confident and live full healthy happy lives and be fat and you're just feeling sometimes insecure about yourself because you don't have that kind of confidence but don't don't project that because it's not making the world a better place it's just making everybody uh pass around negativity what does that do for you you know what I mean? Like, and I'm saying this to, to the people that are in my comments all the time. Like, you're a fat lard. You're, you know, you're, you look like this, you look like this manly wrestler type. You know, I get all kinds of crazy comments. And I'm just saying, well, you know, but you're paying attention, so much attention to what I'm doing and in, in my life. Is it because you're unhappy with what you're doing in your life? Is that why you have the time to put down people? You know what I mean? So I definitely, definitely agree with you and what you're saying. And I understand it. And, you know, speaking of younger generations coming up um, recently in the news, there is, uh, you know, newsworthy things going around that, like, they're giving kids um, medication for... uh, And teenagers. And teenagers for, you know, being fat or overweight. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Sarah? I've just been scanning through. I haven't really delved into it too much because it's actually kind of triggering for me seeing as I have like a history of eating disorders, yeah. uh, particularly at that period in my life. Um, basically, they're, they're, there's some new drug that they're going to start giving children and teenagers to prevent them from becoming fat or to stop or to stop, make them lose weight or something like that. I don't feel like I'm equipped enough right now to talk about it, but I can talk about the broader repercussions of that which is the 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 distilled message is that being fat is wrong right right and that points to a bigger cultural issue that we have um we have to ask ourselves where do these ideas come from you know the initial reaction is to to 
be offended when people come with all of this nonsense and, and, and all of this hate and etc. But where do those ideas come from? And that's what I have spent many years studying is where do these where do these ideas that of fat equals unworthy come from? And the deeper down I go into that spiral, the more I realize that this is actually all about control of women, mm. control of women's bodies. Okay, there's a there's a carrot that's being dangled everywhere that you look for women, right? An impossible standard of beauty here. If you don't reach that, you're not worthy of basic human necessities, love, respect, career progression, um, pleasure. What is one of the most pleasurable things that you can do? Eat a great meal, right? Mm -hmm. Telling you to be unnaturally thin is literally telling you to not have a basic human need, which is eating and enjoying food. Right. So you look at it from that angle. We have this carrot that's being dangled in front of us as women that, that we're not worthy of basic things. So we're so consumed by that that, it's, that, that we're not focusing on other things that are more important. And you look at it as well, aging. That's another impossible carrot that is being dangled. Mm. And it is a, 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 a great way to take away a woman's power is to make her hate herself. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I feel like, you know, if you're not a plus size person, you don't understand the trauma that comes with growing up fat and just how people perceive you family friends going out in public like for me going to the mall is triggering because i if i don't fit the clothes and i don't have those options i i feel like you know i'm like i'm embarrassed sometimes to go in there to ask for the biggest size and when they tell me oh your size is only offered online my my thing is why isn't it offered in store like why is the smaller size is okay to be in store but my size i have to get online you know what I mean? Like I, I can't wait for a world to be for the world to be a place where I feel like there's options for me everywhere as a, a person that lives in this body, you know, and like just, you know, the way that like you just like talked about it. And I just like was thinking about the just the triggering and the traumaness of like going to a family gathering and you know you have a cousin and uncle watching how many bread rolls you take or oh like oh my god i hate that yeah or how much you're eating at the day like oh that's that your second second plate like mm. you know and it's just like but you don't say that to my skinnier cousin you don't say that to a smaller family member you could care less you just assume that if someone is bigger they're just eating too much and they're unhealthy and whatever you're not you're not thinking about if that's just my my body's type if it's hereditary you don't know anything you just are looking at it with she's skinny she can eat whatever she wants you're fat you better watch it and i'm gonna let you know you should watch it you know what i mean i'm just like can i live though can i live i have a really good response to that okay i have a line that's make people feel real shifted when you see it <laughs> okay. when people when people say like messed up things to you right mm -hmm. and and it's kind of like a passive aggressive thing and you can't really like respond or like they're saying something <laughs> underhanded or ugly let me tell you yeah. what you say what do you mean by that and you see people get real shuffled and i love it <laughs> it's like my favorite 
What do you mean by that? Yep. Because how are they going to answer it? You're another plate of food? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Literally. And let them say what they really... Let, let's see if they have the balls to really say yeah. what, they, what they're trying to say. Exactly. People feel real stupid. <laughs> so that's a little line you could take home with you and put in your pocket. Exactly. What do you mean by that? Exactly. What do you Have mean something by that? in the ammo. Have something in the ammo. Because literally, I feel like people are, you know, just mind your business. Like, what happened to those days where people mind their business? <sighs> I don't think that's ever been a thing. But like, I really. I <laughs> don't think that day ever existed. <laughs> But I'm letting you know, it's okay. You can mind your business, okay? You can find something to do, get a hobby, start sewing some blanket. You know what I mean? Do something. Like, but to just troll fat women on the internet, it's just sad. You know, you want to know something. Like, one of my friends who's an influencer, she shared with me that um, this guy had sent her a message asking her on a date. And she said no. And then... He started with all of this hate on her page about you're a fat blob, you're a fat this, you're a fat that. I think a lot of I think a lot of men are actually very attracted to fat women. They are right, but I feel like I feel like because of the cultural stigma attached right. it, they have to convince themselves mm. that they hate it. I think that I think that a lot of your haters actually want to date you. <laughs> I think so. They're they're obsessed obsessed with me. Because why would they care? Why else would they care? I trigger the hell out of them because like I trigger them because there's something in them that wants you. (laughs) And I I be telling I tell the men in my comments, I'm like, listen, I know that you're so triggered right now. You're so angry that you can never get with me. (laughs) You're just so mad that you just have to because like think about other fat women out there, they know what I'm talking about. When a guy approaches you, they know you're fat when they approach you. And then as soon as you say, no, thank you, or I'm not interested, oh, you fat anyways, you fat, you know, you're a whore. Like, they just start coming. All of a sudden, you're a fat slut when you don't want them. But you knew that I was fat when you approached me. So now you're acting brand new? No, you're just triggered and angry and mad. You can't get with me. I understand. It's okay. But like, chill, you know, like, it's just, you know, so we, we, but we know as fat women, we know men love it. And then another thing too, another thing that I don't get is like when guys, like they may be attracted to a fat woman, but they want to impress their like friends, their homeboys. So they're just like, oh, I'm just going to date this like skinny chick because she is the beauty like societal beauty standards. I'm going to date the skinny chick because she reaches the standards of society so that I can impress my friends, even though I'm not personally attracted to that specific type. But I can't let my friends know that I'm attracted to bigger women because I want to hide that. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. Like It's ridiculous. I mean, for those of you beautiful plus size ladies out there that are watching and that are single, they are men that will treat you with kindness and respect. And and what I love about you, Gabby, is you don't settle for any garbage. You don't take no nonsense from no man. <laughs> Literally, I can't. And I love that. <laughs> I can't. I love you know, it. You know, my daddy taught me best. He taught he, you right. And he's like, don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was right because I've had better. And I, there was a time in my life 
where I was listening to other people and they were telling me, Gabby, lower your standards. That's too much. You're asking too much. Mm -mm. And I was like, well, maybe they're right. I lowered my standards. I ended up with the Broke Boys Club. It just got a bunch of trash. Really, the garbage is out there, guys. The garbage is out there. And I'm just like, that wasn't much better. I'd rather just keep my standards, you know? Like, I just, because I've had better. And I feel like, have a standard. I'm not telling you what what to have standards for, but have a standard, stick to it, and, and it be about your core values and your standards versus if he's cute or not or if you like him or not. Like Because the right man is going to come along and uh, meet you where you need him to meet you. You know what I mean? Like He's going to be what you need. He's going to be what you want versus changing your expectations or standards because he's cute and he's not or whatever else is attractive about him. You want to have, uh, you know, have your own standards for yourself because this this is what makes what meets you as a person, which you need in a partner. You already know that before you meet the guy, but you don't want to just sway from that because he's cute and my friends would think he's cute and you know what I mean. Like I feel like that's just being disingenuine, what genuine to who you are and what you need because you know what you need. You know what I mean. And if you don't. The more you date, the more garbage you run into, then you realize, oh, I don't want that. So I do need this. <laughs> like That's what helped me. Dating is what helped me realize mm, that's not going to work for me. I'm going to look for this. And then, you know what I mean? And I fine tune what I need based on the experiences that I've had, because I feel like through dating also, you learn who you are as a person and what triggers you, what you need, what, what uh, makes brings the best out of you what brings the worst out of you there's been guys i dated who were so great and like fun to be around i was like so swept up in the sauce and i'm like oh my gosh this is great i have all these butterflies and feelings and then i didn't realize that i was being toxic with them i didn't realize that i was like spending like all of my mental capacity on this person and neglecting things that I needed to get done in my life because of of the toxicity and I was so addicted to the toxicity and I was realizing like this is not healthy like I need to I need to remember myself I need to remember what I need to do for myself and not just be so toxic so like you know find someone who brings the best out of you versus and then also it's work as well i'm not saying that it's going to be peachy all the time obviously you know what i mean like things take work relationships take work things take work but i just mean like know that if this is good for you and if it's not like i know i have a friend who um was you know has been with her boyfriend for like four or five years i'm not gonna name names but like four or five years and uh they fight all the time and I'm just like girl I don't think that's normal and she's like what do you mean it's like you know we love each other I understand loving each other but if you guys are fighting like this like 24 7 isn't that stress that just sounds like so much stress to me and it doesn't personally work for me but I'm just like you know think about those things first like think about what what is gonna be good and healthy and like serve a purpose for your life from now into the rest of your days or however long this lasts or whatever versus just staying because you're comfortable and not realizing like is this good for me is this dangerous for me or is this you know is this gonna bring the best out of me that's my two cents on that it's good it's a good two cents (laughs) i think this is something that a lot of women struggle with because from the time we can speak we're being told that we need to make sure that a man chooses us. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. So so we we spend a lot of time trying to contort ourselves into whatever predominating culture that we are existing in 
into that version of the of the type of woman that gets chosen. Yeah. Oh yes. Amen. And and we spend years and years and years of our precious short lives chasing after something. And and you know when you change yourself for someone else, you're not going to attract someone that's right for you. That's the saddest part. You're going to mm-hmm. spend all this time trying to be something that you're not to attract the type of of man or the the type of, of relationship that you think the culture says that you need to have, yes. right? And then and then you wake up one day and you have everything and you don't want it anymore because mm-hmm. it's not even real. Exactly. Because it's, it's not even really what you, who you, you don't even know who you are. I, I've had a woman reach out to me, one of my followers, and she said, Sarah, thank you for the work that you do she said what i realized um was that i have done everything that i was supposed to for my whole life and i'm in my 40s and i don't know who i am and i don't even know what i like got chills wow and a lot of people are in that boat because you spend so much time going after this this cultural idea of the perfect life, finding the perfect man, having the 2.5 children and the dog, da 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 da, that you miss your own life. You don't even know what you want. Isn't that sad? Very. But we can we can do something differently. Yes. I feel like you're like a perfect example of someone that has done something differently. Like I see Gabby as someone that like really invests in herself, in her career, in her passions, in her love, in her body. Like you take really good care of yourself and you live a full life and i feel like that's more what we should all be aspiring to instead of trying to get a boy to like us right amen and i i totally agree because you know you guys know if you have been watching me you guys know like i'm definitely you know wanting to get married wanting to have kids wanting that life wanting a partner all of these things but what i won't sacrifice for that is uh my my genuineness of who I am myself right so like I feel like the partner that's good for me is someone who knows me the real me and not someone who I'm pretending to be to fit that narrative so many family members have told me Gabby if you just lose weight you'll get a husband if you just as if getting a husband is some big prize (laughs) you know what I'm saying like as though like that is the whole goal of life for a woman is to get a husband I mean, that's what I mean. Like, change your. Think about this for a minute. Change your body, change yourself, change your personality, so a man can like you. What you get in from this man? (laughs) That's so good. What you get in from this man? That is so good. Tell me. I have a husband, and he is a wonderful, kind man. And I do not change. When I was younger, I did, and that's why I can speak about this so clear it's so clear to me when i was younger i did i don't anymore and i feel like my marriage is so much healthier and my mental health is so much better because i am who i am i love that i love that and my marriage is not perfect by any means that like we've had good times and bad times and everything in between but 
just for what it's worth from someone that has lived that and has woken up one day and been like I don't know who I am and I spent my whole life trying to make somebody make sure that someone chose me like don't do that to yourself and she's Choose not yourself. doing that right and I don't anymore exactly and I and I love that that Sarah is an example of a plus size married woman who is living a genuine truthful life I can attest to this Sarah is very like about her business she's she's very like uh driven ambitious independent like she loves her work she loves what she does and she's married it's possible people (laughs) it is possible and i couldn't be with a man that did not support me or allow me to be as big as i am right 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 big and i'm not just talking body i'm talking all of me all of me as a woman and i'm a lot and I love that you're a lot. I'm a and lot too. And I can't do anything less. The cat is out the bag. Literally. And I, I'm so sick of this society that we live in where men are so insecure that they need a woman to be small around them so that they feel like the big man. They feel like the lead. They feel like they're, that, that their woman is just under them. And I feel like, I, I feel like for me personally, my man, whoever that is, when I'm with him, me being as big as I am, he's benefiting from that and he I'm supporting him and uplifting him as well. And he's getting someone who is inspiring and brightening up his life because that's like my personality. Those are my those are some of the good traits that I can offer my man. Right. So like if I'm hiding that so that, you know, I so I won't interrupt or trigger whatever he has going on, then I'm not being I'm, he's not getting the full benefit of being with me. Because you don't get the full benefit of being with me if I'm going to be disingenuine. That's why, right, I believe in being upfront and you know what you're getting when you're with me and being honest. And I understand that it may rub people the wrong way and that's okay. I'm not for you. I'm not for everybody. Those are the people you want to rub the wrong way. Let them go their way. (laughs) Let them go their way. That's what you want. You, for your, and this, this applies to all aspects of life. You want the people who are repulsed by you to be repulsed by you. Yes. Go away. Because those who stay, this is right. Right. And you have incredible things to offer. Yes. And that's what you that's what you want. Yes. And I'm not afraid to speak up about it. And like I said, I, I when I started this podcast, it, it, it was because it started out because a viral video that I had talking about what I expect uh, a man to do in a relationship, uh, my high dating standards, all of those things. And I was just speaking something that was always a part of my mindset and my life, my whole life, because that's how I was raised. That's how I grew up. And I thought that was normal until the Internet clapped back. And then I realized, wow, it's not normal, but I'm you guys are hearing me. You're listening to me. I'm triggering you. And it's okay because if you're repulsed by me, if you're repulsed by what I say, if you don't agree, that is okay. I'm still going to say it for the people who hear me, for the people who understand, who the, for the people who I'm inspiring, who I'm impacting positively. I'm saying that for you because I know you need to hear it. And I understand that in this world, some people, sometimes people don't want to speak their mind. I am not that person. I like to speak my mind. So <laughs> I'm going to continue doing it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And, and, you know, what comes to mind is just... Um, Nothing comes to mind because my mind just went blank. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I love it. Oh. I just want to also talk about, I want to also reiterate, because <laughs> I have another point to this, is like, I understand like, you know, men, for the men out there who have, who disagree with me, that's fine. The men out there who disagree with me. Do you realize that you're not the only man out there? Do you realize that 
you're not the only one that is available. You're this is not a one man in the world. There are men that have different ideas of beauty. There are men that think I'm very beautiful. There are men that think that I have great qualities and they want to date me and they want to be with me and they want to see more about me because um, they like me. <laughs> so I understand that you may not, but that doesn't cut off everybody else. And you have to think about the women who have standards when, when you're telling a person like me, oh, well, you can't have those standards. Those are too high for you because you're not even acute. But it's like, maybe to you, I'm not, but to the next man I am. So, you know, think about that before you go spewing things out there because you're just saying things that doesn't, it doesn't even register to me at all because I don't live in that world. The world that you live in where you have to look a certain way or be a certain way to, you know, have a partner or relationship, whatever, that's not the world that I live in. And like Sarah said, what big prize am I getting with you specifically? The one that's like disagreeing with me. I'm, I'm happy. I'm living a beautiful, big life. God has blessed me. I am doing great and I'm happy and I'm just living my best life. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Amen. Yes. And that's what all of us should aspire to do. Exactly. So going into the next subject, Sarah, um, how did you become a model in New York City from Trinidad? How did you get here? So so back to that like aha moment, that awakening moment where I was like, oh, wow, like nothing's wrong with me. There's clothes in the world for me. So I, it was like an internal shift that, that took place and a kind of an internal awakening. And um, I had gotten laid off from my corporate job that I had for six years. And I was kind of trying to figure out like what's next for me. And I went to visit a friend in New York. And I, it was like something in my body just clicked. And I was like, I need to live here. I need to live here. I yes. don't know how New York City's best. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I need to live here. So I spent many flights back and forth trying to figure out I was doing courses at NYU and I was trying to get a job in PR and advertising and all that because that's what my previous background is. And nothing was working and I was taking a class and a woman came in to talk about influencer marketing. Ooh. She was the um director of influencer marketing at Hearst, Hearst magazines. And I raised my hand and I, I'd never heard of it before. And I, I asked her, I was like, do you work with plus size influencers? And she said, of course. She's like, you have great style. You should be an influencer. And the whole class screamed in a chorus, Sarah, you should be an influencer. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was. Eh? <laughs> I didn't even know what that was. And it was, I stood up outside of Bryant Park and I looked out onto the park and I just said, universe, God, if this is what you want for me, I will do it, but you need to show me the way. And I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do Instagram, at that point, Instagram was only pictures. So I needed to get pictures. So I needed a photographer. So I called up one of my girlfriends and I was like, do you know any photographers? This is like standing up outside the class there. Eh? And she's like, I'm sitting next to one right now. Come meet us for a drink in Brooklyn. What? And I hey. went down to Brooklyn. And that person, my friend, her name's Nara. She ended up becoming one of my really, really good friends. And she's the first person that ever shot me. I didn't know Nara shot you Nara first. was the first yes. person that ever took pictures of me. Wow. And I started my Instagram. And it just started growing. 
um, I started telling stories because I think at my core more than anything else that I do is I'm a storyteller. That's really what I am. Yeah. And I started in the captions telling stories, telling stories about all the ways that I, as a fat person, was shamed and mistreated and telling stories that were inspiring and just, just whatever flowed out of me. And my following just kept growing and growing and growing. And the idea came to me because I found out that I could get a particular type of visa in the United States through modeling. So that idea came to me, maybe I should try modeling. And I went to this event, I don't know if you remember, of course, I'm sure you do, called the Curvy Con. The Curvy Con. Curvy Con, that Yay. was like one of the best places ever. It was a, a plus-sized uh, fashion event with all the different brands, all different influencers, different plus-size people. It was a really great community that they had. This is pre-COVID. And um, I was walking up the stairs and I complimented this woman on her dress. And she's like, oh, thank you. Like, I can I can give you the designer's information. And we started chatting. And I was like, she's like, well, um, I was like, you know, what do you do? And she said, well, I'm the CEO and founder of True Model Management. And I was like, oh, wow, do you hire plus-size models from Trinidad? And she said, I hire plus-size models from all over the world. Why don't you come in and let me measure you? Right place, right time. Look right at that. Right place. Right time, cosmic, that, and she's now my agent. Yay! And, hey, um, Dale. Bless Dale. <laughs> Dale, Dale Noel. And she saw something in me. And I went into the office and I was so nervous and I was so scared. And uh, on right there down by Penn Station, and I was like shaking. Um, and she measured me and she said, okay, your measurements are good. Who knew? Because my whole life I was told my measurements were bad. I know. Right? I actually have a perfect size 18 body. Yes. Okay. Same. My body is like perfect size 18 for the plus size fashion industry. Anyway, mm -hmm. side notes, which was like such a mind. Which bomb is the for big me. money. That's how I started a size 18 fit model. Big monies. <laughs> so she and she says, "Are you prepared to move to New York City? Do you have your ducks in a row um, to apply for your work permit to come?" And I said, yes. And the rest is history. Wow. Amazing. So if you're out there and you're like, oh, I, I can't do this. Like, I don't know. If you feel like you're in the rock and the hard place and you feel like, you know, as a plus size woman, you're not um, seeing those opportunities, maybe as some of your counterparts and things like that. You know, th this is a good example. I, I know it's like right place, right time, a miracle, but it exists. This is the representation that you've been waiting for, that you've been wanting to see. Sarah, I mean, coming from a small island like Trinidad, which I love Trinidad and have Trini, coming from an island from Trinidad where she's faced so much fat phobia, so much trauma, so much uh, of people bringing her down and telling her that she can't uh, do this. Look at her now. She's in New York City working as a plus size model like this exists and it's it's here it's not you know what i mean it's not just one person like this is representation people literally people. asked me if the modeling agency was real what yeah people <laughs> people down there literally told me that i would never get my work visa and what i was trying to do was impossible and they don't do that for plus size models and you know i, I had someone tell me when i was in my first magazine, BTFL magazine, 
um, that, and I was so excited. And I, someone close to me, and I went to show them, and they said, um, they said that that's not a big magazine and that's not a big deal. And being are in they that on magazine, any magazines? Being in that magazine was a critical component of me being able to be here in New York. Right, that was part of my of what I needed to come. So, what I want to say is, listen to your heart. If you have something in your heart that that you feel like you want to do, just put your head down and listen to it and follow that voice inside of you. Do not listen to what other people have to say. Because if I listen to other people, I would not be sitting here in this room. Literally. Literally. <laughs> like, when I tell you, I'm, I'm so inspired by what you said. When I tell you, when God gives you a vision that people don't understand around you, it is not for them to understand. So those people that are telling you, you can't do it. It's impossible to shot in the dark. It is not for you. That means it's not for them, but it is for you. If that's your vision, if that's what you have in your heart, you listen to your gut feeling, your intuition, you go for it because I have a similar story. I, people told me my whole life, oh, you're so pretty, Gabby. If you just lose 70 pounds, you could be a model. Such a pretty face. Such a pretty, Such oh, a pretty, pretty face. face. Oh, you're gorgeous. Like you're tall. You can do this. I didn't listen to any of them. Okay. People told me it's not real. People told me it's a shot in the dark. People, people did not believe that I was a working model. They didn't believe that how much money I was making. They didn't believe uh, that I was really, okay. And back to when someone said about the magazine, okay, the person saying, oh, that's not a big magazine, but are you in any magazine? Are you anywhere that we can see? No, it just sounds like a, a triggering jealous response. Like, oh, I know I can never be in a magazine. So I'm just gonna belittle that great opportunity that she had. You know how many people have told me, oh, the I had two Times Square billboards last year. Hi to my career. I'm so happy and proud of myself. And yes. thank God, like, I have the great opportunity to have two Times Square billboards as a plus size woman, as a darker skin woman. That is a big deal. And think about how many other darker plus size uh, girls looking, looking at that saying, hey, I could do this. I can be there. I can, you know. And there are so many people saying, oh, that's not even like a real billboard. That's not like a real, like, what is a real billboard? That's not even a real thing. What? Like, what is, what <laughs> is a real billboard? Can we like pause and think about that for a second? <laughs> but it is unbelievable how the more you climb towards your destiny, how many people just start to want to drag you down. And how many people just start to drop out of your life because they cannot handle watching you climb. And I, I say, you know what? You have to be light to climb high. Yeah. You have to yes. let go of that dead weight. You have to let go. And that's why I don't let... It's hurtful, eh? And it's hard. <laughs> it and is. it hurts. It is. Ooh, it hurts. It hurts so bad. But that's why I just believe in forgiveness, letting go, focusing on myself. The best revenge is success in Amen. your own life. You know, because I, I still to this day, I cannot understand um, how people can spend their beautiful, precious, God-given days and time 
to harass other people, to be jealous of other people, to bring down other people. There have been situations in my own modeling career where I would visit my mother in Trinidad, visiting my mother. And when I'm away and people and other models know that I'm away, they would go to my agency and, and talk bad about me and try to get my agent mad at me. Try and to drag you Try down. to drag me down. And when I would come back, my agent's like jumping to conclusions, like what's going on? I hear you're doing this, I hear you're doing that. I'm like, you mean visiting my mother? Like they were, you know, they were lying and they were making up things because they were jealous and they didn't like the success that I was having. They didn't like that I was a working model. They didn't like those things. So they were trying to bring me down. I cleared up what I can clear up, but you can't, you can't uh, do anything about other people's actions. All you can do is, is how you react to it. How I react to it, I continue being professional. I continued showing up to castings. I continue showing up to my job. I didn't let the hate get to me. I didn't try to get revenge and all of that because I didn't care. Those people weren't important to me. What was important to me is that I was doing my work. I was minding my business. I was focusing on myself. And now, two, a couple years later, two billboards in Times Squares, walking in a New York Fashion Week, living in LA and New York, I'm blessed because I mind my business. I do my thing and I'm not focused on being jealous or bringing down anybody else. Like you said, you need to be light to make it to the top. You you're, you can't what, what, what God has for you, nobody could take that away. Amen. Nobody could take truth. that away from you. That's the truth. What is for you, people will try and, and get in chills. I always say, like, I call those like Goosebumps. God bumps, universe God bumps. bumps. Like, it's <laughs> like when you know, when you know, I feel it. Like, when I'm gonna say a truth, um, people will, people will try and drag you down. People will say things about you behind your back, they do things behind you. And, and it is incredible to watch how God will take that and turn that ugliness into something even better and bigger for you. Yes. Amen. That's that's like yes. one of my, that is one of the most incredible things to witness. Right. God makes all things work together for our good. But the greater force, the universe, that, that thing that creates order. Yeah. So moving on to the next, um, Sarah now that you've been working and uh, modeling in new york city um do you have any special projects coming up what's new for you what can we expect out of you in the near future well i i've been blessed with a very exciting thing that's coming up for me um a few years ago i created a vision board and on it i put all of this all of the things that at that point in time when I was just sitting in my house in Trinidad with nothing just seemed like like impossible things, like the hugest, biggest dreams. And uh, one of them was to walk in Fashion Week in Paris. And <gasps> Yay! Yes, and Paris Fashion yes. Week! And I've been invited by a designer, plus-size designer, Renee Cafaro Atelier, I've been invited by her to walk in uh, Paris Fashion Week in the spring. That is huge. <laughs> that is huge. Like, I, first of all, Paris is so romantic. I love Paris. I always say to all my little boyfriends, if you're going to propose to me, you have to propose to me on the Eiffel Tower because <laughs> Paris is so beautiful and romantic, and I just love it there. Take but, notes, boys. Literally, take notes, because I love it. But I want to talk about... <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to talk about why it's such a big deal. You know, what, what we've heard is the Paris, uh, sorry, the French hate fat people like everybody else, that. but especially like Paris, they want you thin. They want you really, really like thin. And so the fact that there's now plus size models on the runway in Paris Fashion Week is a huge deal because we haven't seen that before. You don't see I'm curious plus if size. it's ever even been done before. You know? I don't know. I, can't. I, I know I've seen one plus size model. Is she really plus though? She's a 14, 16. See, that's not... That's not, like... You that's know. not, like, visibly fat. That's not visibly fat. Yeah, Let's she, be real. Like, <laughs> because that's also something very weak that mm-hmm. brands like to do. Mm-hmm. That's also something very, like, a pathetic little... Oh, we'll just, like, throw the fat girls a bone and put a girl that is, like, big and tall that's not fat right. on the runway. Right, exactly. And, and that was something that I saw a lot um, at New York Fashion Week. It's always okay yes she's technically a size 14 or 16 but her face is very thin her stomach is very flat right. she doesn't look plus right. it's the kind of fat that people are comfortable with yeah oh yeah of not course. the kind of fat that people are uncomfortable with right <laughs> but you know what every single body wears clothing mm-hmm. i mean unless you don't want to which <laughs> i have been guilty of at time to time same so to <laughs> but but um so every single body type needs to be represented and this is a huge and really exciting it's huge opportunity. i'm so excited to see you on the runway Thank i'm you. so proud of you friend i am i can't wait to root you on i want to see more fat bodies on all the fashion weeks london paris new york like i want to see fat bodies everywhere you know i we're not going anywhere you know stay uncomfortable whatever do what you got to do but we're here and we have a lot to say. So I'm so excited about that. But Sarah, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so glad that you were able to come. And I just love Sarah so much. I think she's such a bright light. She always encourages me, encourages others. Is there any last thoughts that you want to leave the audience with, Sarah? I think you guys should follow me at the Curvy Trini. I am working on some very exciting kind of top secret projects that I think you might enjoy. So you might want to just follow me and stick around and maybe I might do some announcing on a future podcast with you, Gabby. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you all for watching this episode of the Gabby Faye podcast. You can watch this on Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe to this channel. Click the thumbs up if you liked what we had to say today. Leave a comment. Let us know what you want to hear on super on future episodes. And I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>